What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And we are here back with another episode of our college basketball weekly recaps. And yes, we are going to continue to do these weekly because we enjoy talking about them and we think it's a it's a very good topic to talk about. But let's jump right into it, Andrew, talking about the headline of the week, which is Gonzaga. And they made light work of Iowa. They made Iowa look like they're not a top three team in the country, which maybe you could argue that they're not. But considering that Iowa has most likely the national player of the year on their team and have one of the best offenses in all of college basketball. I mean, Gonzaga essentially had the lead in that game for majority, if not all of that game, Andrew. And I have a question. Is Gonzaga the best team in the country? And would you take them in the NCAA tournament against the field right now? Henry, the answer to that question is yes. Gonzaga is better than anybody else in the country by a wide margin. And we saw Baylor, who's the number two team, and should be. We saw Baylor beat Illinois, who was a very good basketball team, and at the time were very highly ranked in the top five. But we have seen that Illinois isn't exactly who we thought they were. And I'm still, I still think Illinois is a great team, but I don't think they're a top 10 team in the country at this point, especially with three losses this early in the season. And Baylor hasn't really beaten anybody else that good. And I still think Baylor's the second best team in the country, but that says a lot because Gonzaga is that first team in the country and the best team in the country by a lot and by a wide margin. And that's why I think the answer to your question is absolutely Gonzaga is better than the rest of the country or anybody else in the country by a wide margin and Gonzaga is probably the best offensive team and they're a really good defensive team to complement uh, their offensive skills as well so they are probably the best all-around basketball team in the country so Gonzaga is I think the best team in the country by far and I also think if the tournament were to be played right now, Gonzaga would take it home. Andrew, I agree with the first part you said. I think Gonzaga is for sure the best team in the country. I don't know if their defense is as good as you're giving them credit for. They seem they have a tendency to allow a lot of points. You saw that against Kansas, and it's still against Iowa. They allowed almost 90 points. So I don't think they're the best defensive team by a mile. I don't think they're one of the top five defensive teams right now. I think Baylor's the best defensive team in the country right now. And once again, to disagree, if the tournament were to start today, I'd probably pick Gonzaga to win it all, but to take them against the field in a money betting situation, I don't think you could do that because in a one and done tournament where anything can happen, especially with March Madness's unpredictability, I don't think there's any way ever you can say, a team against the field and feel confident about that. Henry, I know you're saying how Gonzaga isn't one of the best defensive teams in the country. And I agree with that. But what I was trying to say is their defense is sufficient enough to have them win games and to allow them to win games. And I was probably as going into that game, we thought was the best offensive team in that country. And Gonzaga's defense was good enough to give their offense time to build a lead. So yes, their offense is one of the best in the country. And I don't know if we can say the same about the defense, which I'm agreeing uh, with you, but 
I think their defense is definitely good and people should be giving them more credit than they should, even though they're giving up as many points per game as they are. Gonzaga is probably one of the best all around teams in the country. I think maybe you put Baylor above them, but Gonzaga is still the better team by far, in my opinion, compared to Baylor and the rest of uh, the country. Andrew, I wouldn't necessarily say by far because considering that when you have a really bad defensive game and you just have one game where you don't shoot well, I think obviously there's a possibility when that they could lose. And with a team that especially relies on three-pointers as much as they do for the majority of their points, I think they're definitely beatable on most nights, especially by a team like Baylor. But moving on now, Andrew, to one of the probably most surprising topics we we are going to talk about probably all season. And my question for you, Andrew, after seeing Rutgers beat Illinois yesterday, or at this point, I think it'd be two or three days ago from when you guys are listening to this podcast, are they a contender in all of college basketball? And are they contender, especially to win the big 10? For sure. I definitely think Rutgers is a contender in the country because they are just a very consistent team. And they are led by Ron Harper Jr., who I think should be considered one of the best forwards in the country. And he can stretch the floor very well, shoot it very well, and get in the post very well. He can do everything, and this Rutgers team can do everything as well. So the answer to your question, can they contend in the country? Yes, and that would be the same in the Big Ten. If they can contend in the country, which I think they could legitimately be a top 15, top 10 team throughout the year, I think they can contend in the Big Ten as well. But the Big Ten, as we know, is a very good, very competitive uh, conference. But if they are as good as what we're seeing so far, there's no reason why they shouldn't contend in the Big Ten conference all year. The one problem is with the Big Ten conference being as good as it is, there will be losses along the road. But normally Rutgers takes care of everything at the rack and at home. So the only issue will be if they can take care of uh, their conference games on the road, which will be tough with the traveling, especially against the Big Ten, where any game on the road will be tough, no matter who you're playing, no matter how good your team is. So I think they can contend in the country and in the Big Ten, but for them to win the Big Ten conference, they have to consistently win their road games throughout the year. And last year, They didn't do that as well as we thought they were going to be able to. And this year, hopefully they can turn that around. But that's definitely the key to win the Big Ten. Yeah, Andrew, I 100% agree with you. They have a big three, which is what you need in college basketball to contend. They have Geo Baker, who's returning from injury. He's a senior guard. And eventually when he gets back to full strength, he'll be in that starting lineup. And that's a very good point guard, most most likely an all Big Ten type of point guard. Ron Harper, as you mentioned, most likely is going to be an All-American based on the way he's playing right now. And Cliff Omuwarie, I'm not sure if I pronounced his name right, but he's a freshman center. He's a very good low post scorer, a very good defender. And that guy has a ton of potential, especially on the inside, as we know. And I think when you have a big three, you definitely can compete in the Big Ten and especially in the country. I don't think they'll end up winning the Big Ten, but I think they're going to be in it all year long. I think they're at this point, they're most likely you could say they're a top 10 team of all college basketball. And I think that you could argue that there's a good shot that Rutgers could end up with a top three seed, but moving on now, Andrew to another topic surrounded around the big 10 and Andrew, 
I think it's pretty obvious that we know who the two best conferences in college basketball are right now, and that's the Big 12 and the Big 10. I would say the Big 12 is a little more top-heavy at this point, considering they have four top 10 teams, but they they struggle a little more at the bottom. But, Andrew, who do you think, between these two conferences, is overall the best conference? Yeah, and although the Big 12 is a very good conference, without a doubt in my mind, it's the Big 10. And I'll leave you with one reason why, and this is the main reason in my mind, on why the Big 10 is significant. I can't say significantly, but is definitely better than the Big 12. When you think about the Big 10, going into each game in conference play, you don't know who can win. Because we've seen it, especially with this last week, we saw Rutgers go and beat Illinois, who we thought Illinois was much better than Rutgers. We saw Northwestern beat Michigan State, where Michigan State was a top five team in this country, and Northwestern controlled that entire game. And we'll be seeing more games like this in the Big Ten throughout the season. And that shows how anybody in the Big Ten can beat anybody. So the answer to that question is the Big Ten, because they can beat each other with ease and you can be the worst team in that conference. You could be the best team in that conference and you could blow anyone out in that country or in that conference, excuse me, by 20 points. And we saw with Northwestern against Michigan state, they controlled that entire game and Michigan state is the much better team. And we'll see that throughout the season, but Northwestern controlled Michigan state that entire game. and was the way better team in that game. And we will see that throughout the year in that conference, the big 10 is definitely the better conference compared to the big 12. Yeah, Andrew. And you also forgot to mention that Purdue essentially blew out Ohio state earlier in the week. I know that Ohio state was without EJ Liddell and they were coming off just a very poor performance. And Chris Holton made a big decision to bench two of his better players and, C.J. Walker and Kyle Young, but even with that, they still ended up losing to Purdue, who we wouldn't necessarily deem as one of the best teams in the Big Ten, but it's obvious that anyone in the Big Ten can win or lose on any night, which is why I am so excited, Andrew, to see this this conference tournament. Hopefully, fingers crossed that everyone's able to play and this happens. I mean, because this conference tournament could be insane. I mean, for all we know, Northwestern, could end up winning the, the conference tournament. I know it's unlikely, but it is definitely possible that Northwestern wins it. Obviously, we saw that Iowa State, one of the worst teams in the Big 12, almost beat West Virginia on the road. So I think we're missing a little bit of credit towards the Big 12. They obviously have two, four, excuse me, top 10 teams right now. So top heavy, I'd say as of right now, they're the best conference. But going into the year, obviously, we know that the Big 10 had four close to top 10 teams. And I think at some point that can end up happening again, but I highly doubt it considering everyone's going to beat each other up every weekend. But Andrew, moving on now to our next topic, one of our final two topics. And Andrew, what's up with Kentucky? Because we've seen that they continue to lose games. They're one in five. The tournament started today. They would be without a doubt, not in it. We saw today, John Calipari announced that Cameron Fletcher, one of the, a small forward, was going to be taking a break from the team. He obviously, if you didn't hear, he had a mental breakdown at a, at the end of that game against North Carolina about his playing time. And I, I don't know what to make of this situation. I talked to you a lot about it, Andrew. I mean, 
I think both people are in the wrong. Obviously, Cameron Fletcher should not have had a mental breakdown on the sideline, but for a guy who works as hard as he possibly can and is one of the best defenders, and that's usually what gets you playing time in college basketball, playing good defense, rebounding, and playing hard. I think he definitely deserves more playing time, but the way he handled it and the way that Cal handled it by essentially forcing him to take a break from the team, I don't think this was handled very well. Yeah, but to start off about what's going on with Kentucky, this team just does not play well together. They do not function well together, and we're seeing that on the court. This team plays very little defense, and they're inconsistent on the offensive end. And although they had the best recruiting class in the country from 2020, and they had one of the highest-ranked recruiting classes in the country, obviously that isn't paying off for them. And you can see this is a lesson learned across the country. You can have all the best players, the best recruiting class, but if you don't know how to coach them correctly, if you don't know how to use these players correctly, if they can't get along, you will see some problems. And that's what we're seeing with Kentucky. They just do not function well as a team. But regarding the Cameron Fletcher situation, that you can blame both sides on. You can blame Coach Cal and Kentucky's program because assuming when he was recruited, they were basically guaranteeing him a spot on the team as a guy who they they are going to prioritize. And obviously when Cameron Fletcher got there and they started playing games and in practice, it just didn't seem that way. And it's just not that way. And they are going to be playing their better players over him and not saying he's a bad player, but there are a lot of players on that team who are just better than he is. And that's why we see him not getting much playing time. Do I think he should be getting more playing time? Absolutely. But here's where you can blame him a little. Number one, it's never acceptable to start pouting on the bench about playing time. That just looks selfish of him because even if the team's losing, he needs to do whatever he can or whatever the coach asks him, especially at this level, to be a team player. And his way to do that is to be respectful as a player about the coach's decision. And when you play at as good of a program, as good of a highly touted program like Kentucky, that's what you have to do. And he just did not do that. He wasn't complying with coach Cal. And that's why you see coach Cal ask him to step away from the program because he needs to be more of like a responsible player and really needs to understand his responsibilities as a player. And he wasn't doing that, but I don't blame him because I assume he's frustrated. He had offers almost anywhere in the country. He could have gone to almost any program. He chose to go to Kentucky thinking that he would get a lot more playing time and be prioritized more in this program on this team. And this just wasn't the situation. I think that truly hit him on the bench during that UNC game against North Carolina. I think it just all, all his emotions hit him and you can't blame an 18 year old kid for getting upset because he's not getting playing time, but I don't think he handled that situation correctly. But with all of that in mind, I think all his emotions just hit him and he got upset and you can't blame an 18-year-old kid for getting upset. So I think there's a lot of misunderstanding on both sides between how he was recruited, what he was told, a lot of stuff that we don't know. But I think the whole situation is just a mess between Coach Cal and Cameron Fletcher. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Cameron Fletcher play another game with this Kentucky team because I, by the way, this whole situation is going down. It just looks really ugly and I don't expect him to suit up for Kentucky ever again.
Yeah, Andrew, I don't expect him to return to the team anytime soon, especially ever. I think at, at some point in the next coming weeks, he'll enter the transfer portal and restart his career because I think he can still be a very, very good player. So, But I think his run at Kentucky is just not what's best for him, and I think it makes all the sense for both sides for him to leave the program and enter the transfer portal. But with our final topic today, Andrew – Let's preview some of this week's games, and it's headlined by a Tuesday night game, West Virginia, Kansas, two top 10 teams. Obviously, that's going to be a great matchup, as well as two games on Wednesday between Xavier and Creighton and Rutgers, Ohio State. And that's it's pretty interesting because we're going to see those games at 3 and 4.30 on a Wednesday afternoon. So I think that's kind of cool that it's not necessarily all just night games, and we get to see college basketball all day long. And then we also have a Christmas Day game between Michigan State and Wisconsin, a chance for Michigan State to bounce back and Wisconsin to continue playing very well. And then an interesting matchup for Gonzaga against a preseason top five team in Virginia who still could be one of the only teams, I think, that can match up with Gonzaga because they just guard you. I mean, it's going to be very, very tough for Gonzaga to score. I think Gonzaga will ultimately win that game just because they're that much better. But that's going to be a very, very great game to watch considering what both teams do well on especially one side of the ball each. And, Andrew, what are you looking forward to in some of these games? Well, I'll start off with Gonzaga-Virginia, as you were talking about. And what I'm looking forward in this game is to see if Virginia can actually compete with Gonzaga because, like you said, they do match up very well. Virginia could possibly lock up Gonzaga's probably best offense in the country and see if they can even win that game. Because if they do lock up Gonzaga's really, really good offense, they have a good shot at winning this game. And that's why this game is so interesting to me, because as you said, Virginia matches up against Gonzaga very well because Virginia is one of the better defensive teams in the country and Gonzaga is one of the better offensive teams in the country. So that game will definitely be interesting. Michigan State, Wisconsin. It's a ranked matchup, both in the top uh, 15 as of right now. And this matchup will be interesting because we'll see how Michigan State bounces back. Like we mentioned earlier, Michigan State suffered a really bad loss to Northwestern. They led, I think it was only two minutes into the game, and that was the first two minutes in the game, I believe it was. And ever, ever since those first two minutes played, they just looked awful. They looked awful that entire game. But I understand that loss because Michigan State didn't play and I think it was a week and a half. And they they came out against Northwestern on the road in the Big Ten, as we mentioned. In the Big Ten, if you play a game on the road, especially without having played in I think it was a week and a half, like I said, you are probably going to lose or the team playing you is going to give you some problems, no matter who they are. And Northwestern isn't even that bad of a basketball team, but still it was a really bad loss. Probably the worst loss we'll see from Michigan state all season and Wisconsin's just a really good basketball team. So we'll see about that. Rutgers, Ohio state. That game is probably the most underrated matchup because I think Rutgers is one of the most underrated basketball teams in the country. And it will just be interesting to see if Rutgers can truly beat a second good team in a row. I know they beat Illinois, who is a very good team, and I'd like to see if they can keep it up with beating Ohio State. Xavier Creighton. Xavier is 
the team where it's undefeated. They've been blowing teams out, but do we, are they really a top 25 team? They got placed in the top 25 this week. So it will be interesting to see how Xavier does against a really good basketball team in Creighton and really test them to see if they are a true contender. And for Creighton, they just have to bounce back. They have two losses earlier in the season. They were supposed to be a final four national championship contender coming into the season. And they just aren't looking like that. They can win this game against an undefeated Xavier team who is a very good basketball team, I think. This will be a great win for Creighton and will hopefully bounce them back from their early two losses. And I think the best game out of all, West Virginia, Kansas. West Virginia is just a really good all-around team. And Kansas just has a really good offense. I don't, I'm not sure about their defense yet. They haven't been looking too great. And Kansas doesn't really have that really good win yet, I don't think. And I know they beat Kentucky, but that game at the time was a good game, but it isn't looking like a great win as of right now with all we talked about in the previous segment about Kentucky struggles. So I think this will solidify Kansas if they can win as a contender. And we'll do the same with West Virginia if they win. This game all around is will be the best game I think we see all next week. And I think West Virginia is a top five team. I'm not sure about Kansas, but if Kansas can win this game, I think this solidifies himself as a top five team in this country and as a national title contender because West Virginia, in my opinion, is, like I said, one of the best all-around teams in uh, college basketball. So if Kansas can win, this will be really impressive. And same thing with West Virginia, because I still think Kansas is a top 10 team in the country. Yeah, Andrew, I don't know if you remember, but Kansas did go into Texas Tech last week and beat them at the buzzer. So I think Kansas definitely proved in that game. For me to say this, I know this, Andrew knows this, I have been very down on Kansas all year, but I have to give them credit. At this point, I think they are a top five team. I think they deserve to be considered a top five team. I don't think they'll win this. I'm still going to pick against Kansas, but I, I have to say they're a top five team at this point, Andrew. Yeah, I agree. But the one thing that really concerns me is their defense and their defense is just not that good. And although they have a really good offense and I apologize for not mentioning that Texas Tech win, I don't think Texas Tech is that great of a basketball team either. Although that is a ranked win for them. A lot of their ranked wins, Kentucky, Texas Tech, I don't think we're that great of wins. So for me, they're still a top 10 team in my mind, but I wouldn't say top five yet. But with this West Virginia win, if they do get it, I can definitely consider them a top five team in the national title contender. All right. If, if you're if you're not going to say they're a top five team, I won't either. I'm I'm definitely not one to say Kansas is a great team. But so if you think they're not a top five team, I'll go along with you with that. But Andrew, I think this is a great time to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We really hope you did enjoy Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast, and we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.